You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You hear Sports Day every weeknight at 6pm with me, Paul Bonza, and alongside me tonight, the Premiership Coach with the Norwood Footy Club, Jade Rawlings. Twig, welcome back. Thanks, Bonds. Good to be here. We're in a good mood with Australia's performance in well, the at the moment. Well, we'll get into that very shortly, but uh, a lot on the show. We're going to talk about the Test match in India. We'll preview the Sheffield Shield game, a big game for the Redbacks coming up. AFL pre-season games start tomorrow as well, so we'll have a look at them. Luke Kelly from the Port Adelaide Footy Club, uh, development coach there. He's going to talk about what's going on in Perth and how they're uh, matching up for their practice game. Be interesting to chat to him. It will be. It's been a good format, I think. The capacity for Adelaide and Port to go over to Perth and swap teams. Like I'm sure they get sick of playing against each other, both the Western Australian and South Australian clubs, to s- spare travel. But, uh, yeah, I think that this is the real practice match. Last week had simulation, whatever they were calling it, yes. and yeah. however many quarters they chose to play. But uh, I think this gives a bit of a real cider as to what a, a likely round one team will look like and also a bit of uh, game style that people might be able to unearth from watching those games. New segment as well uh, coming up tonight. So I love this segment. It's called On Your Bike. So we're going to tell <laughs> someone to go on their bike. <laughs> Bicycle play in the background. I'm looking uh, forward because you, you can go hard when I you go can, hard. I or? can, but I'm not. not well, it's, I, I'm low-hanging fruit tonight, <laughs> I think. Um, and also, you can be part of the show. You can text in on 0427 154 166 or give us a call, 1300 736 736. Are you watching the cricket? What do you think? Uh, Travis Head's in at the moment. Um, but let's just get into the show because uh, we've got a lot to cover. It's time for the hot topic. Thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time. Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Well, to quote Bill Laurie, it's all happening over in India. Australia playing India in the third test. And India have been bowled out in 33 overs, Twig. And we're just watching it now. Travis Head has been given not out by the umpire. They have reviewed it, India. And Twig's got his finger up in the air saying, Trav, might have to go. It's pitched in line and it's crashing into the leg. Let's just, uh, yeah, let's see if we can tune in to see what the umpire is actually saying here. We might have that. No, we don't have that. It is pitching in line. He's done. It is hitting and Travis Head is out. So we're an hour into a second session and 11 wickets are done. Yeah, strange. Strange. Uh, so, Australia <laughs> one for 12. Travis Head has just been dismissed. He uh, he is out for nine. 
which um, isn't, a bad, isn't a bad score in the context of this game. <laughs> <laughs> he got a start. <laughs> he got a start. And doctor over the umpire hung on, hung on, gave not out. And then when it was proven to be out, just shook the head as if to say, geez, I was stiff on that one. So India will bowl out for 109. Let's take you through what happened before the lunch break. Last ball of Kuhneman's first over. Dancing goal oh. stops. Alex Carey does it. Rowett was way out of his crease. Didn't even bother to try and stretch back. Kuhneman gets the first wicket for Australia. And it's the captain, Rowett Sharma, stumped for 12. Fine leg, backward point, extra cover, mid on, mid wicket. Oh, it's gone! Another wicket goes down, and this time it's Shedman Gill. Both openers back in the hutch. And goodness me, this ball is turning, it's ragging, it's ripping. Lion is in to the right-handed Pujar. Hold him! Straight through, he went back to a ball that's kept low, and it's turned sharply, and bang! Bang becomes bang, bang, bang. India, three for 36. Pajara goes oh. for one. Lion is in. And that's cut away. Oh, so he's got him. I'm saying that he's gone. He's caught a short extra cover the very next ball. Um, what a sharp catch that is. And Jadeja survives the LBW. And he's caught immediately after. Oh, unbelievable. It's all happening here in indoors. Kuhneman is in. Left arm round the wicket. To Ayer, who goes, oh, he's on him. Inside edge, back onto the stumps, a loose shot that was short, he went to cut it, and he's chopped it back onto his stump, he can't believe it, he's staying there. He's staying there, is he? Come on, Murph. Yeah! Murph's in, bit hit of the pad, big appeal, loves it, finger goes up! Murphy can't believe it, he's got him! He punches, double fist pump, not going to be going over, it's hitting, it's, it's hitting middle and leg, it's out, totally is out. India have lost their six, it's a wicket for Murphy. He's forward, oh, he likes that more, he's down on one knee, he believes in it. He believes in it. How is that? Says Smith, he wants it, he's doing that little waddle that he does when he's excited. Yeah. It's going to pitch in line, it pitches just outside. It's going to be interesting. Oh, oh. He's, he's got him, he's got him, he's hitting like stump. I'm hitting the wickets. Wow, what a great review that an, was. So that is the chaos that happened before lunch, and it was a bit like that. I was listening to the radio call, and it was just wicket after wicket after wicket, and India lost seven wickets before lunch. Um, and uh, the big wicket of Coley by Todd Murphy, but Kuhneman's been the destroyer. He's got a Fifer. Got Fifer, bowled very well. He's got great control. And it's been uh, a tough tour for Australia full stop and the selectors have copped a fair brunt. But to have the foresight, Kuhneman's been a very good performer for a yep. while at uh, first-class cricket in Australia. And to come in and perform as one of three spinners, it's uh, full credit to him. He's, he looks composed. He doesn't look rattled in what's a pretty demanding environment to make your debut in. Kuhneman, five for 16, line three for 35. And there was a run out and Coley was uh, – Todd Murphy got the wicket of Coley. Coley top scored with 22 Subban Gill back into the side. Uh, he made 21. But uh, Australia, now one for 12. Labashane's just come to the crease. Kawaja is there on two. And we'll keep you updated. I'm sure by the by the time the show ends, it probably is. If there's Australia's only one down, by the time the show ends, Australia could win the Test match. Well, that's the opportunity that's ahead. Is to just keep able to get stuck in and uh, prey on the loose ball, but also how to manage the balance of attack. Is uh, the psychology of sports incredible, Bonds? Like India, no doubt. This is a demanding pitch, but two nil up, can't lose the Border Gavaskar Trophy. Somewhere along the line, they got comfortable, <laughs> and a bit more 
any more enthusiasm because what does it mean more to Australia in the third test? I just find it fascinating and it'll be interesting to see if Australia can really absorb the pressure that India throw at them and turn the tables and build a couple of partnerships because that's what's been lacking. Or if we have had one, we've lost one, which has become three to four. Yeah, so India opened the bowling with Ashwin and Jadeja. Not surprisingly, the ball is turning a lot. Uh, there's ball keeping low already. A couple of batters have been hit on the shin. It's uh, not the best wicket <laughs> by any means. But if you're a spinner, you're loving it. You're loving it. And this, just for everyone's memory, this game has been changed from the previous venue, which wasn't appropriate for the test match. So we should see how it's justified this one. Yes. Uh, amazing cricket. Um, let's have a quick chat about the Sheffield Shield starting tomorrow. The Redbacks are playing Queensland in Queensland. So currently, South Australia fourth on 24 and a half points. Queensland are third on 31 and a bit points. And Victoria are second also on 31 points. So basically, if South Australia beat Queensland here in the Shield game, they'll jump them. Yep. And they could jump Victoria depending on what happens to them. It's a big opportunity. It and is. Uh, like you look at that bowling attack. Now, Buckingham's raw, but he's yes. quick and he's a – his competitor, and you look at Buckingham, Spencer Johnson's hit the ground running, and then you have Nathan McAndrew, who's become a really good performer, and Brendan Doggett, who's a proven first-class performer, yep. with Menenti as the spinner. So there's a good bowling attack, and the, there's some stability with their batting, there's some reliability, especially around Drew, and Carter's new Henry Hunt, is he just starting to get a bit of form back? So it'll be interesting to see how they go, but... Great to see that right in the mix to be able to compete at the pointy end of this season. Yeah, what I found interesting with Henry Hunt, that he gave away the captaincy. He stood down as captain. That went over to Jake Lehman and straight away made runs. So obviously there was a weight on his shoulder with the captaincy and he felt that and he thought maybe this is no good for me at my, you know, my point in the career and straight away he made a 60. Well, there's no doubt the Henry would have gone through a process. Because I felt that he made that decision. I didn't think at all the Saka pushed him. Oh, of course not. No, 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 no. It no, really no. felt like it was his call. I really admire him to have the courage to say, this isn't probably for me. Because yeah. the perception of stepping away, turn your back, too hard, whatever the perception might be, that can get into people's heads. So I really admire Hunt for standing down, saying that's probably not what's best for me. And then to see an immediate response in performance, it's hard to not think that that was a factor in freeing up his mind a little bit. Harry Nelson comes back into the side. He was a late withdrawal with illness uh, just before the last game against Victoria. And they're going to manage Wes Agar. So he's probably got a little niggle or just a bit sore. He's played a lot of cricket in the last month. And uh, Liam Scott comes into the side. And Australia have just lost their second wicket. Labashane looks like he's out without scoring to... Jadeja, he has two for six. This is crazy stuff, Twig. This shot. is crazy. Shocking shot. Chopped oh. on. That was just horrible ball. Really poor. Um, yeah, the Agar thing, he's been a great performer for South Australia, hasn't mm. he? But as we mentioned, that bowling attack can endure uh, a lot of overs and they're all wicket takers. So, oh, no, no ball. Can you believe oh, it? Oh, no. <laughs> the perception oh, wow. Of- Perception of Marnus being the luckiest cricketer in Australia and possibly <laughs> the world. It goes on. Now, if he gets 100 off this. <laughs> oh, he's not getting 100. But he, if he gets a, 20. <laughs> no ball from a spinner. Like Nathan Lyon hasn't bowled one in all his whole career. He does it quite often, Jadeja. And you can see, oh, it's a close thing. But he's definitely not got no part of the foot behind the line when he touches the ground. I hate that rule too. I couldn't work out why he wasn't walking off. Because he can be a bit of a stayer after he gets out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And now he's off the mark. There you go. 
So there you go. The cricketing god smiling on Manus Labashane. He's on one. He's shaking his head in disbelief. And it's one for 16 Australia, chasing 109 on the first day in India. It's an amazing test match. Have it's you not... been to India before? No, never. You? No, I haven't. Yeah. And had a lot of mates. And, yeah, they're totally absorbed by the culture and the the disparity between the wealth and the, the poverty is extraordinary. But the passion for cricket, that that, that intrigues me. Yeah, uh, There's a couple of bucket list items of, for cricket tours I'd like to go on and Probably not number one, but I am intrigued by India's culture. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. Uh, so, yeah, Shield game starts tomorrow morning. And um, Spencer Johnson, hasn't he just – he's just airborne. We used that term last night. But so, uh, so You've got a great pulse on district cricket. Has yeah. he been a consistent performer in district cricket over the last couple of he's years? He's had some injury concerns. Like, he's 27 now. Yep. So he's had some injuries throughout his career. But over the, over the last probably five seasons – Everyone knows how quick he is. They've always known he's really quick, and when he gets it right, he can just tear, you know, go through attacks, go through batting lineup. We're clearly not far off a transition with Stark Hazelwood, in yep. particular with the age. And Hazelwood hasn't played many tests in the last two years, and you emerge at the right time. I think Jai Richardson, who they would play if they could, but his body struggles to keep yes. backing up and serious injuries at times. Being a left armer and bring it back into the right-hander, Mitch Johnson, that point of difference – he had, we had as a country. Spencer Johnson could just emerge. Like Berendorf's not going to play. He's a white ball bowler Correct. predominantly. Correct. So who else is bowling quick left arm stuff at the moment? Dorsius is a quick white ball bowler in New South Wales. So you just never know. It can happen very quickly. Nathan Lyon wouldn't have been on people's radar oh, as a spinner. Right. And yeah. I just think Johnson's our boy. We've claimed him about four weeks ago, didn't we, Bonds? Uh, oh, that's right. And I think the left arm, the left arm thing, and I, he was on the show the other night, and I actually asked him, have you dared to dream? Like Mitch Stark is coming to the end of his career. You're a left armer. You bowl heat. Uh, it, you know, it's not that strange that do you, have you dared to dream? And he said, oh, no, look, I don't really think about it. But, yeah, in the back of your mind, maybe that's where that's where he wants to be. Well, the thing I like about him, a lot of it, his composure, his mm. control, he's got aggression. Yes. He's got a look in his eye yes. and he's not intimidated. And I think that's a feature of a fast bowler that is helpful. We love him, our, our new man, Spencer Johnson. Uh, thanks to the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Coming up on the show, on your bike. And later in the show, Luke Kelly from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day. So we're having a bit of fun in the studio here on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonza and Twig Rawlings. And there's a big appeal. Umpire's given it not out. Australia one for 24 after bowling India out for 109. So we'll keep Paul, you updated. That hit Kawaja in the ankle. And they're going to review it, are they? They're talking it about it. it, maybe sliding down leg. We're looking at it. They're all in it, thinking about it. Three seconds, yeah. two seconds, they're going to review it. Let's, uh, let's have a listen to uh, see if we can get this through. Team umpire to direct, sir. We have a player review for LBW. So you think it's out, Tweek? I think he's done. Unless it might have pitched outside leg, but he's, it's leg stubborn. Okay, so let's see if it's pitched outside leg. 
Here comes DRS. We'll go to Snico first. Thanks to Fox Cricket for this audio as well. Oh, that's absolutely... Oh, it's a missing leak. Okay, I'm going to need to see Ultra Edge run available. It's hit Thank him. you. It's on the ankle. Yeah, it's hit him. It's hit him, uh, yeah, just above the shoe. But it might be missing leg, I think, here. So there's no edge, no bat involved. I'm by a former spinner. You claim everything. No bat involved. We'll go to ball tracking when ready, please. So, no bat involved. Twig's giving it out. I'm saying it's missing leg. And it might be pitching outside leg. It is pitching outside leg, not out. It's pitching outside leg. And missing stump. by a long way. Surely and missing by a way. So you're a shocking up by a twig. Uh, we are, we're looking after the show for Wilds and Blighty, who will be back in uh, a week and a half. So they're back just the start of footy season. So it's not that far away. And the great men will be here, okay, taking you through the whole winter. But now it's time for my new favourite segment. On your bike, thanks to Bike SA, take the Zen Energy Grand Slam Cycling Challenge. Bicycle. All right, this is all about telling someone to get on their bike, someone we don't like. Twig, I'm going to let you go first. Who are you putting on there, telling them to get on their bike and get out of here? I'm not telling someone right. to do that because it's not the type of person I am. Um, the follow-on in Test Cricket, right. on its bike as a decision. England had bowled 50 overs against New Zealand, had a nice lead, sent them back in. Day three, deck flattened out, and I'm still scarred from 2001. VVS Lakesman <laughs> and Rail <laughs> and I hate the follow-on. And I love how England are playing their cricket. It's absolutely terrific. One on New yep. Zealand. It staggers me. It was a two-test series. But um, no, the follow-on can get on its bike because it, right. it, there's too many whiskers on it for mine. Devil's advocate, um, without the follow-in, Without the follow-on, that end of that test match doesn't happen. Um, Agreed. Yes. So uh, I don't think it's a good thing. Anyway, my on the bike, on low-hanging fruit, as I said, um, the curators of this deck, it is an absolute disgrace. It's rolling basically on day one. It's turning a mile. It's impossible to bat on. Um, It's not going to go two days. Like Australia are going to be almost all out tonight. And then India will be out by half the way through the day tomorrow and we'll be lucky to get to day three. So how do these pitch ratings work from the referees? Is it based upon, oh, we're in India, so they're generally turning decks, so we'll rate it a... Well, a within reason, good. but this is this is ridiculous. If the if the test match doesn't last, it's supposed to last five days, if it doesn't last two days, they'll get a poor rating and they won't be able to play a test match there for a while. I still get, find it staggering how to present... a Poor deck. Like the Gabba, it's been so good for so long. But that deck last summer was extraordinary. Then what, two days, two and a half yep. days, that one? Yep. And this one's just unacceptable. On your bike. Thanks to Bike SA. The Zen Energy Grand Slam Cycling Challenge continues at Woodside. Sunday, the 26th of March. Make sure you check that out. And uh, we'll give a cricket score again before... Um, just for Toolkit Depot. We'll do this for Toolkit Depot because they're good people. New Year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot is your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. The current score after bowling India out for 109, uh, one for 26. One for 26, thanks to Twig Sign Language there. Uh, Coming up on the show, we're going to speak to Luke Kelly from the Port Adelaide Footy Club, see how he's going in Perth and how the power 
are going to take on how they're going to go in their practice game coming up here on the summer edition of Sports ASA with Paul Bonzer and Jade Rawlings. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonzer and Twig Rawlings with you. And Twig, uh, Australia, one for 35 after bowling in here out for 109 it's ridiculous, this pitch. We keep saying it, but it is unbelievable. If, uh, yeah, maybe check out the highlights. It's been crazy. Um, AFL practice games start this weekend, and we're lucky enough to have a very special guest. Thanks to Tire Power, your local Tire Power. Save on Kumo, Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Buy three and get one free at Tire Power. Sports Day SA. You're unbelievable. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Joining us on the show is Luke Kelly from the Port Adelaide Football Club. He is the development coach there and he's over in Perth. Luke, welcome to the show. And how's your week been in Perth? Are you there? I think we've just lost him for some reason. Bit of a gremlin in the system tweak. We'll try and work that out. One sec. The capacity to take a squad over for a week in Perth and break up the preseason and play two games against two different oppos that aren't Adelaide. I think it's been a real positive. I'll be interested to see what Luke's take on that is and if they've enjoyed the experience over there because it's a different model to what the AFL have provided in the past. Yeah, Sammy's just working to get Luke back now. It shouldn't be too long. But in the meantime, we can go through the game, games, Twig. Uh, first game tomorrow, uh, my Hawks take on Collingwood at Utah Stadium down in your land. Big crowd, massive Collingwood following in Tassie and Collingwood haven't been down there for years. So 4.40 that is tomorrow. So people working still, I guess, but you can always get out of work a bit early. Can I you? think the thirst for AFL footy, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially with Collingwood and hopefully the Hawthorne supporters, which are a lot in Tassie as well, but there should be good crowd. And the game uh, Port Adelaide supporters will be looking forward to is free v Port Adelaide at Fremantle Oval 6.40. So that's the second game tomorrow. And as again, we're trying to get uh, Luke Kelly on the line. His phone just dropped out and Sam's working hard to get him back. Uh, Brisbane and Geelong at Brighton Homes Arena. That's up in Brizzy at 7.40 tomorrow night. Looks like a good setup up there in Brisbane. Like mm. that was, I spent two years at Brisbane in 2010 and 11, right. and it was always projected that Springfield would be a potential site for a, a redevelopment or a, a new facility that w- wasn't at the Gabba, and it looks like it's come out really well. Looks like we've got Luke Kelly back on the line. Sorry about that. Luke, uh, how's your week been in Perth? Uh, right sort of timing to get away uh, a few days together and obviously get a couple of really good hit outs in and the, uh, the, the other, they've turned the weather on over here for us as well which has been great and the, the feeling amongst the group Luke has been positive about a, a different look at this time of the year that we were just saying off air that the, your guys capacity to play Adelaide a lot over the last few years has probably become a little bit boring for you to be able to get over and play two different oppo and have a week together has that been a positive so far for you guys yeah, definitely. You want to always test yourself out against different teams and different ways of playing. And um, so, no, it's been it's been great to get over here. And as I said, if anything, spend a lot more time together and, and build into round one. But no, we've been fortunate enough to play two very good sides um, in this in this lead up. 
Have you been? Have you done anything unique that uh, you wouldn't do in a lead up to a season here in Adelaide? Like because you're in Perth, has there been a special bonding session or or anything unique that's uh, happened in Perth? Uh, no, not really. I think the beauty of the group of boys that we've got um, is that they we all get along and they all they all connect really well. And I think it's just sort of if anything, just giving them more opportunities to naturally spend more time together and eat together and go to the beach and. Um, more, more just sort of the natural ways that we we like to get to know each other and connect, which has been fantastic. And just going on to the, the playing side, Luke, and the potential structure you guys might unfold or unveil th- this weekend into round one. You have a, a surplus of tools when you look at the Sam Hayes, uh, Charlie Dixon, uh, Vicentini, Bryn Tickle, Scott Lysette. It looks like a a really strong area of your list. Has it really emerged as to who those one or two are going to be that will get the first opportunity? Oh, look, we're in a very fortunate position to have them all up and going at the same time. You know, talk about less than six months ago, what it sort of looked like in that area. So uh, I think at the moment we're just, we're just thankful that we've got all those guys. Um, clearly, Scott's been a really great performer for us over a period of time and he's been able to and so he'll obviously get first crack at it uh, tomorrow. Um, but the beauty is that he's been competing up against, you know, Bryn and Hazy and, and these guys that have really started to push him and, and test him out for his spot, which is great. just want to ask you about uh, Dante Vizantini. I saw a little bit of him at sample level last year and uh, I guess his name's been mentioned a little bit in the last week. How's his development gone? Yeah, no, he's a... He's a He's a really good young man, really keen to learn. He's smart, um, but he's also got that competitive edge about him. So, no, he's, he's progressing really well. You know, with, with young guys, they can take their time, but he's able to get exposed to a lot of ruck last year um, and really grow his ruck craft. And then, obviously, with the plethora of tools, there is opportunity to go forward um, through our pre-season just due to the numbers. And he's been able to really add that to his to his game, that ability to go forward and provide a contest, which we saw last week on two really good defenders in, in Barras and McGovern. So, no, he, he's progressing well. Like any young man, he's going to have to find the consistency to be able to back up week after week, which is tough to do as a, as a big man. But, no, we're, we're really uh, bullish and, and happy with how he's going. And one of the staple parts of your team over the last few years has been on the wing and being in Carl Amon. Obviously, Carl's moved on and gone to Hawthorne. You guys would have explored a lot of other opportunities to, to see who wants to jump up and take that spot. Is it has it been interesting to be able to explore with who can fill the role? Is there anyone who's moved position to be able to give exposure and opportunity in that role? There's only two of them for the most part. Most people only played two. So once Carl locked away one, the opportunity was only there for one other. So being able to free up both wings... Um, We've been able to obviously expose Miles Bergman, who's played really quality AFL wing uh, before, and then Xavier Dersmer, who's had sort of interruptions last year, as uh, they've been put a full pre-season together by the wing. And we've also been able to just because of the, you know, the depth of the half-back, been able to um, expose um, Riley Bonner to the wing as well, which is which is a nice element to add as well. So now again, thankfully this time of year we're healthy, so we're fortunate that we've got we've got options in in a lot of positions, which is good. And Luke, last year had every right to fragment the group with the start you guys had. I've always been a big fan of Ken, how he handles the situations and his optimism and positivity. And it's clear the group's tight, which you mentioned before. 
Has it is it something that you feel organically is it, will just take care of itself with not having to refer back to the start? Like because every footy club in Australia says they want to have a good start of the season and in a game, but how do you feel as though the group's maturity is is, is re- ready for to launch into a season? Yeah, I think the way you finish the year definitely matters in terms of how you can come into pre-season. So the fact that we were able to really put together a second half of the year that was really strong and looked more like the football that we were capable of, that that just naturally builds belief within this group of, well, we know our, our best is good enough, yet we didn't get things quite right in those first five rounds. Um, sometimes you just need a few things to go your way and it, and it breaks a little bit differently, but... I think the way we finished the year and how we've been able to put our pre-season together, um, that's that's why the belief's really strong around what we can do this year. Yeah, I think you're bang on. Just from experience of being in that situation with a team that's rattled home and some people think it's all a bit pie in the sky and yeah, you're scrubbing each other's backs, but it's a genuine momentum you can establish both individually and collectively with how you approach that off-season and then launch into the pre-season. Everything I see, read and hear is high level of fitness, uh, full connectedness and a real belief in uh, how you guys want to play. And your observations of the training, has it been a different emphasis on more footy or the balance of conditioning and footy? Have you guys made adjustments there at all? Well, I think I think our high-performance team have always been outstanding at providing a really strong base of running. I think that's one thing that the boys, they trust in their off-season programs and they trust in the pre-season that when they turn up round one, they're going to be ready, which gives us um, even more confidence as coaches to inject the football. We've been able to probably inject a little bit more football, um, a few more game-like um, minutes as well. Uh, but, yeah, I think in terms of how we've been able to prepare this, this off-season and this pre-season, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of all come together pretty nicely. And numbers on the track has been the other thing. Uh, we've been lucky enough that all in our match simulations, we have dropped below 18 v 18 the whole time, which, again, doesn't compromise your off-season. It just means you're getting more and more match, match-like match uh, football into yourselves, which is great. That's stiff for you, being a young man, to be able to not be asked to jump into the match play and <laughs> expose some of your form, Luke. Uh, there's a little bit of the old PE teacher. Do as I say, not as I do when it comes to, <laughs> comes to that at times. We've got a few more capable coaches in uh, Hamish Harlow who, I think he comes out with the jumper on underneath sometimes, but he has to jump in whenever he possibly can. So, uh, no, we'll, we'll leave it to some more well-equipped coaches, I think. Just on that, Luke, can you bring the listeners in a bit about your background? You had a period of time at the GWS and have moved to Adelaide to be part of Port's program over the last couple of seasons as well. Can you bring people into your involvement, how you got into the AFL and in your progression so far? Yeah, I started off uh, basically just putting in stats at the uh, at the Geelong Falcons back when I was 18, 19, while I was at uni and then was fortunate enough to get to the Bulldogs as a recruiting analyst and turned into a football analyst there and um, and then, yeah, had a great seven years at the, at the Bulldogs and then after 2016, was fortunate enough to go to the Giants. I was able to start to grow my coaching and under Leon Cameron there, he gave me a great opportunity to do that and, yeah, had a, another great five years there and then once the opportunity came to uh to come across the port Adelaide. You can't say can't say no to a big club like Port in a football town. I've uh, definitely missed the the passion and the uh the fans day to day, good or bad. It doesn't it's just nice to be in in a football town to be honest. So yeah, being very fortunate in my journey along the way. We've seen glimpses uh, from Josh Sin um over the pre season, had some injury injury worries. 
Uh, where's he at? And, and there are expectations to him to force his way into the lineup this year? Yeah, it's one of those, um, you know, he, he's done an outstanding job. He's worked his way through through what the groins, which can be, um, obviously can be long-term, and he was able to move his way through that really well and, and get himself back to a point that a minor setback um, with, with the hamstring. So um, he's, he'll be back running this week. Um, yeah, again, the glimpses that we've seen have been, obviously, we're, we're um, very confident in the football that Josh can play, but throughout his, his last few years, it's just a matter of stringing games together. I think once we once we see him put two, three, four you know, games together and maybe back-to-back months, I think we'll, uh, all fans will be pretty excited about what he can do. What about Port fans looking at the younger group of players? Is there anyone that sort of stood up in the pre-season that uh, maybe not break into the into the round one or round two uh, team, but maybe later in the year that might develop nicely? Yeah, clearly, obviously, the, the young brigade are rolling out each week at AFL level in Butters and Rosie, clearly the, the standouts. But what's what's really been impressive is Ollie Lord pre-Christmas, you know, yep. back down forward. Um, he was showing some really good signs as a really contested forward, which we love to see. Um, Jackson Mead, obviously, is trying to force his way into a pretty good midfield at this stage, but he's been he's been really impressive, and I think he'll put together some really consistent performances that'll start to start to press his case. Um, yeah, I think we're just in a really fortunate position at the moment that we've got a really nice young group of players that are, are starting to test out the old boys and starting to put some real pressure on spots, and that'll be good for it. for the Magpies. We'll be able to see some really competitive football from the Mags. And uh, and then hopefully that'll lead into our AFL as well. All right. And what are the what are the is the expectations of Frio tomorrow night? What are you looking to get out of the game? Oh, another opportunity to really almost connect. You know, sometimes you just you, you need your best eighteen just playing footy together and, and being able to do that for four quarters against Frio. We've shown some really good signs against West Coast in terms of what we've been training all preseason, what we're able to see. Um, or bar the execution point of view, uh, whether or not the the, uh, the gale force maybe out at Fremantle over will allow us to to sort of rectify a bit of the effectiveness. But I think at the moment it's just as long as we see we're we're moving the ball in the way that we like, um, and we're able to and able to you know defend and halt the opposition as as often as we can. You're really just looking for four quarters of football together more than anything at the moment. Luke, appreciate your time and coming on the show and uh, best of luck tomorrow against Frio and best of luck to the start of the season. No, any time. Really appreciate it. Luke Kelly, development coach with the Port Adelaide Footy Club and Twig uh, is very composed man. He knows his stuff and um, look, they've got a really good group. When you, you just put all those players that he was naming... It's a really strong lineup, isn't it? Oh, it is. And the thing that I'm really intrigued by with the list compilation that I've put together is when you go Lysette, Hayes, Tickle, uh, Dixon, Vicentini, uh, Finlayson. Finlayson, and then you go Ollie Lord, and then you go Tom Scully, they recruited from West yes. Adelaide. It is land of the Giants. Yes. And I, no doubt, because young Tom McCullum, I think, got picked up as well from Tassie. So they went for a couple of tools with the probably the side of Tom Jonas – and Tom Cleary being more at the back end than the front end of their careers and maybe big Chaz at Dixon as well at the other end. So I'll be interested to see if with full fitness how it all merges because this is a challenge, Bonds. You can have a, a tall list which services your AFL really well when you need, but you can't put 
develop them all at the same rate. So Vicentini misses out in ruck time because Hayes has to play ruck. Yep. And then Tickle, where does he fit if he's playing SANFL? How does that affect Lord, which affects young Scully and all that? And I'm sure they'll manage their games. Like young blokes might play three of every five so they can offset a little bit. But that is a challenge to develop your players when you've got surplus needs in the tall area. Yeah, I, I think it's a that's a real challenge for Ken Hinckley is to where does he fit these guys? You know, we're talking that forward line of Dixon, Marshall, Georgiatis, Finlayson. Georgiatis is the other one. You yeah. know, where where do they are they is that your starting four? And is that too tall? Yep. But, yeah, they'll only know that. And I find each year bonds that it comes to you as a coaching group. You just hope that you land on it quick. <laughs> so you might go, no, we're a three tall forward crew. All right, so. You can be wedded to that. Is it working? Uh, that experience where you think you know, you're three tall back and four mediums to smalls, you end up going four tall backs and it's the model that works. So it's just exploring and but about to explore at a level. And that's what when you ask Luke about what are you looking to get out of it, there'll be some subtle strategic things that Paul will be looking to achieve to say, no, we are confident we can go into the season with that look. Um, Luke Kelly was brought to us by Tire Power. Get your free five-minute safety check at your local Tire Power. Outside for Lost in the Wash, we'll talk about all things that we haven't talked about today. <laughs> Thanks to Mate. Pocket change mobile plans with Mate. $1 per month for three months with Mate mobile plans. Make the switch today. Sports Day SA. It's Mate. It's now On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. So, Port fans, if you missed that, tomorrow is their game against Frio, Frio over at 6.40 uh, tomorrow night. So make sure you tune into that. Let's get into the other games, Twig. We uh, got to Friday, and Friday at 3.40, St Kilda play Essendon at RSEA Park, which is the Saints' training ground. Any thoughts on that game? I think St Kilda got a nice little reality check last week. Of, yep. I think it was twofold. Like St Kilda, I've had a few injuries have been reported, but to run into a red-hot Melbourne. And once again, it was match simulation, whatever you want to jazz it up yes. as, but Melbourne looked sharp. Yep. It just exposed the Saints a little bit, and I'm sure it's a different way of playing to what they've probably had for the previous six to eight years. So that'll take a while. But in Essendon, a, a watch. There's a vibrancy about Essendon. I spoke to you earlier that mm. I feel as though for whatever they were perceived to be in October, that people have moved on. That I haven't heard David Barham, the president's name, mentioned for a long time when he was right under the pump. And so I've obviously been able to appease the key coterie groups and by well, through really good rhetoric and messaging from through Brad Scott, the coach, and the people I don't think have even heard from Craig Bozzo yet, the CEO, and Josh Money hasn't had to talk because people are interested in Brad and what he's going to do. And I think he's been able to control that very well, which creates optimism. St Kilda in the same boat there? Yes, I think so. And... The return of Ross is a big deal. The acrimonious circumstances to how yes. he, the job was available and from all reports, those discussions didn't start until after Brett was released to his contract, Paul. Allegedly. But, but was it the right decision? And I think most people would say for St Kilda, Ross Lyon left in a great spot. Like It was well, not un, it was unsavoury for how people perceived that Ross didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. He was a, just fulfilling an apportion uh, part of his contract, which was – He's every right. But for him to come back, and I don't feel as well there's been too much pushback. So similar boat, St Kilda, to be able to say, no, we know that Ross's way works at St Kilda. It's whether it works for this group. That'll be the challenge. We we were talking in the break, and it, it's all about positive signs and positive stories from the clubs. And some clubs have done it better than others 
pre-season. Um, we mentioned North Melbourne as well. Uh, they couldn't have had any worse time of it in the last two or three years. And there is some positivity with Kangaroos fans at the moment. There is. And I think Sonia Hood has done a great job as leader of that club. I think it was she was a great decision to be president. Uh, Jen Watt is a first female CEO at the club. So they are an innovative club when it comes yes. to these type of things. Friday night footy is what everyone refers back to. And <clears throat> to be in a position to land Alistair Clarkson, that's part of it. But to get Todd Viney as well, I don't think people should underestimate that the position of Todd, that relationship is very strong. It goes yes. back 25 years. And Todd don't take uh, any sort of crap from anyone. So I think the way that they've been able to bring people on the ride for new leadership look, they brought people in behind the four walls to go through the process to to show the authentic way it unfolded that McDonald and Simkin end up being the dual leaders. So I think they've brought the North supporters in the footy world along. Having Clarkson buys your time. Had an experience yep. at Melbourne where when Melbourne were able to secure Paul Ruse, it bought them time. And from there, you can then unearth your first round picks. So does Will Phillips become a player? Does Tom Powell become a player? These guys that missed out on Horn Francis, but the next wave. So there's real optimism is what can be achieved with North Melbourne. And the, the Sheasel and Wardlaw were a lot of people's one, two. They look really good. In front of they? Cabin. So they look really good. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, Sydney and Carlton in the next game. I'm looking forward to this game because I, I'm not sure where Sydney are at, whether they'll continue on their winning way or whether they might slide this year. Uh, and Carlton, uh, everyone's talking that they're going to be in the eight, without question, talking it up. I'm all in on Carlton. Like a lot of people are. I just think that Vossi is coaching the right stuff. He's a good friend of mine, so I'm a bit biased here, but I know the learnings that he's been able to absorb from the first time and being at Port and working with Ken and uh, being able to round out his whole coaching portfolio. He's coaching the right stuff, and it was proven. Yes. that they, Their bodies couldn't endure doing that for a whole season. And then immaturity cost them two games late in the year. They just don't lose the Collingwood and Melbourne games. I would think this year yep. they'll be better for it. And when you've got the two, like we were going through the best forwards the other day, me, you, mm. you were men's. No one mentioned Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow. Correct. <laughs> so that is a starting point, which is extraordinary. Now, Zach Williams is a loss, but I think they've got surplus needs when it comes to those peripheral wing halfback positions. Blake Akers is a major acquisition that will make a big difference. And Walsh will be... Massive addition when he's ready. But I don't think they uh, will be... They won't rush him. Uh, they won't. And I don't think it holds him back from being good at the start of the year when he's not there. And yep. that's not saying he's a star. It's, yep. it, it, I just think that's... There's deep. enough talent on the list. Deep. Yeah. Uh, West Coast play Adelaide tomorrow night. seven. Uh, sorry, Friday night, 7.10 is that time for Adelaide Crows fans. Uh, that's at uh, West Coast Training Venue Mineral Resources Park. Um, on Saturday, GWS play the Gold Coast in Blacktown again. Uh, Western Bulldogs take on North Melbourne at Icon Park. And Melbourne, to finish it all off, Melbourne play Richmond at Casey Field. Speaking one of, the great of windy grounds, places. One of the great grounds in Australia, Paul. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. For flying kites. Mate, or... <laughs> we had high competitive advantage at Casey Fields because a lot of people didn't like going there. <laughs> but he's passionate. Club I used to coach. Yes. Very vested interest there. But at Melbourne do it well. They're able to have a genuine footprint in that area down at Cranbourne and uh, Casey generally get a game every year. So it's, it's good for the growth of the game down there. It's great to have footy back. Um, Lockie Neal and Harris Andrews were named co-captains of the Brisbane Lions for 2023. You like the idea of co-captains? I'm okay with it because yep. internally 
they know what's right for them. They've had Zorko for a sustained period of time and only they'll know how successful that was, but tenure suggests that it was successful. He's done it for a number of years. So co-captains might just work for the group that they've got. And I saw Mitch Robinson make an interesting comment about co-captains. He obviously is uh, opposed to it, but um, good luck to them. If they think that that's the model that works for their leadership, who are we to judge? That's my view on it. I like Harris Andrews selection as captain to be part of it. He is a Brisbane boy, went through the academy, and now he's captaining the Brisbane Lions. That's I, good story. I love that story. Uh, if you can get an academy product to be a 100-game player, let alone a All-Australian captain, that's Ash a great result. More footy news. Ash Woodland has uh, been signed by Port Adelaide and AFLW. She's leaving the Crows. She's going across Port Road to Alberton. That'll yeah. upset some people. It will. There's been a couple head up across the road, isn't there, in the women's space over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's been good. Hey, Twig, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us again. Good luck in your trial games on the weekend. You take on the dogs. Yes, yeah, Central's at Hisense Arena on 12.45 on Saturday. Been listening to the summer edition of Sports Day SA, and we'll be back tomorrow with our good friend Dan Menzel back on the show. Thanks for joining us. See you later. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer.